Um, first of all, uh, I want to ask you a question this morning. Um, I want you to size me up. I want you to look at me, and, and I want you to be honest with me. Uh, hey, stop. Stop that. Stop that. I rebuke that in Jesus' name. I might resemble that, but I rebuke it in Jesus' name. I want by a show of hands. Guys, how many in this room, in, the, in this sanctuary, if we got in a fist fight, could take me? How many thinks they could take me? Raise your hand. Girls don't count, Christina. Put your girl. <laughs> girls don't count. Josiah, get your hand down. Everybody, I'm serious. You're not going to offend me. If you think you could take me in a fight, I mean, you could beat me in a fight. Come on, raise your hand. You, you could take me now. Come on. Come on. Come on. I think some of you are not being honest. Come on, be real honest. I, I, you're not going to offend me. I know I can bring down angels and they can whoop you and all that kind of stuff. We're not going to do that. If you could just, me and you fighting, how many could take me? Be honest, raise your hand. Mom's not going to let you raise your hand. Oh. Amen. Yeah, I believe. Yeah, probably could. Yeah, 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 yeah. James Brown, ain't no way, buddy. I didn't take you in a heartbeat, buddy. Put your hand down right now because I want to embarrass you right here in front of everybody. You'll be crying like a little girl here in a minute. Okay, okay. <laughs> Amen. I'm going to ask uh, uh, Buffy and Troy, they're going to come up and give a little demonstration. Curious George is getting ready to come to life over here. So, so Buffy and Troy, wherever you are. Troy says he thinks I was setting him up on this, that Buffy was going to kill him right here in front of everybody. But, and I texted him back. I said, do you have a wheel rope before you come to church today? Amen. Amen. <laughs> All right. Okay, so what we're going to do is a couple of little demonstrations here. So we want to do George first. Do you want to show what George is all about? Yeah, he's not going to stand the pretty today. So show. I want to. <laughs> George on today. Okay, can I get a couple of guys to help pack George over here? Strong guys. Jason, sit back down. I need eyes. I'm just, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Come on, come on. <laughs> He's pretty heavy, isn't he? <laughs> Amen. Some of them went to the prom last night, and I, uh, Morgan would have took George if we could have found a tux for him. She had, she had to go with her, with Isaac, so that was okay. That was, Yeah, Troy Hayes is from Hayes Karate, in case you don't know who Troy is. Hit him real hard. How would you hit him? He's already making excuses, isn't he? Already. 
Okay, all right. So do that one more time, everything you just did. Yeah, real good. Of many. Okay. Okay. Now, we'll move over this way. We're going to do a little demonstration of hitting, I guess. What are y'all doing? Show me what you do with what you got on there. Uh, whatever you need. I want to see some action. And we need to get George out of the way. Yeah. He'll get saved after a while, I hope. Praise God. You want to do anything more for him? Okay. Hey, Amen. Now, hang with me a minute. Now, all of you that said you could take me and beat me, the thing is is that I have a relationship with Troy and Buffy, especially Buffy. <laughs> no offense, Troy. Um, I have a relationship with them. So if you're going to call and take on me, if you're going to call and say, I'm going to beat you up, I'm going to come after you, guess what I'm going to do? I'm probably going to pick up the phone and say, hey, Troy and Buffy, hey, meet me wherever we're going to meet at. Because I have a relationship with them. You understand? I have a relationship with them. So I call on them. And I can, I can even throw their names where I can say, in, in Troy and Buffy's name. And when I do that, they'll usually stop, probably. They say, oh, not Buffy, not Troy. It's because I have a relationship with them. Let's do something. Um, hang on, Troy. Troy, what if we put this devil's mask on George here? And all of a sudden, you, you are Jesus Christ. In other words, she's going to do something in a moment. We're just going to put that right here. Curious George became Curious Devil. And uh, and, and Troy, I know we don't have a white robe on. He don't, and we're going to talk about that in a minute. We portray Jesus so many different ways. But Troy is Jesus this morning. Everybody say, Troy is Jesus. All right. And here's the devil coming after. Come, yeah, come here, guys. There we go. (laughs) 
So I just got through saying I had a relation. <laughs> I just got through saying I had a relationship with Troy and Buffy. But what more important than that, I have a relationship with Jesus Christ. And he's portraying Jesus Christ. So when the devil comes after me, I can throw another name around, and it's in the name of Jesus. And this is what's going to happen. All right, take that devil. All right, okay. All right, we're going to do something else. Lay him down a minute. Now we're going to do something else. And all I got to do is throw Buffy's name around. And I said, Buffy, now, you're going to be Jesus, though, okay? You're going to be Jesus. But if my relationship would be Buffy, but I know you say, well, Jesus is not a woman. Hey, get past that just for a moment, okay? She's going to portray Jesus just for a moment. Okay, all right. Go after that devil. He's messing with me. I'm saying in Jesus' name. Go after Somebody say, take that, devil. All right. Let's give Buffy and Troy a good hand. Amen. <laughs> he said, please don't take me down. Is that what he said? Oh, take me down. And you couldn't do it in the skirt. Okay. Amen. <laughs> Praise God. So it's all about having a relationship with Jesus Christ. And here's the thing, though, guys. We paint Jesus as being so many different things. and Most of the time we call him tender, compassionate, all-loving God. But can I tell you right now, Jesus is a powerful God. Jesus is powerful this morning. Somebody say he's powerful. Can I get a couple guys to bring this back out front for me real quick? Isaac and, or Jason or whoever. Praise God. He's powerful. In the next few moments, I just want to talk about my powerful Jesus this morning. Amen. Hallelujah. I wasn't offended a while ago with those of you that thought you could beat me up. All I was a little with Josiah. He's only old. Ten. Yeah, I was a little offended by that. But I really wasn't offended by anyone thinking they could beat me up. But I am offended how people underestimate Jesus and his abilities and his power. And you should be. If you're a Christian this morning, if somebody's putting your Jesus down, you should be offended. Somebody say Amen. When I say Jesus, just think in your mind, what image comes in your mind? What, what do you think? Do you think about a painting you might have seen? Maybe over, on the, over there we see some paintings. You think about the, the passion of Christ. Get that visual. What do you see in your mind when we say Jesus? Soft-spoken, gentle. This morning I want to talk to you about His power. The powerful Jesus. Revelations 1, 17 and 18. We're going to put that up. Revelations 1, 17 and 18 said, and John was saying this, When I saw him, I fell at his feet as dead, and he laid his right hand upon me, and saying unto me, Fear not, I'm the first and the last. 
I am he that liveth and was dead, and behold, I am alive forevermore, amen, and have the keys to hell and death. Somebody say amen. A powerful Jesus. Somebody say he's powerful. A tender, compassionate Jesus would not have crashed Satan's party. He said, give me those keys. But a powerful Jesus crashed that party. He said, give me the keys to death, hell, and the grave. Amen. Everybody here, take a deep breath. Go, let it out. Doesn't it feel good? The only reason you were allowed to do that just now is because Jesus allowed you to. He could have took, taken that breath from you and you would not have been able to do that. That's how powerful he is. He is powerful this morning. Matthew chapter 4 verse 10, we find his power starting out right off the bat where he fasted for 40 days. I don't know about you, but I cannot fast 40 days. Well, I'm going to say I cannot. I haven't done it. How many has ever fasted 40 days? Would a weak Jesus be able to fast 40 days? Would a, would a wimpy Jesus be able to fast 40 days? No. A powerful Jesus was able to fast 40 days. And then when the devil came after him, tempting him, he was able, a powerful Jesus was able to say, Get thee behind me, Satan. He wasn't whining and crying, but he said, Get thee behind me, Satan. A powerful Jesus. Matthew 5 and 20, Jesus gets a lot of boldness when he's preaching to the masses and the multitudes. And he even compares them and, and starts comparing to the Pharisees, which could get him into a lot of trouble. But he had a lot of boldness. He started doing these things right off the bat, preaching to the multitudes. Many of you are going to have the opportunity to preach to multitudes in your lifetime. Matthew 6 and 24, he preaches to the rich. He doesn't, he doesn't play any games between rich and poor. Your, your financial status doesn't mean anything to him. He preaches to the rich. He's bold about it. Matthew 7, he talks with authority, speaking with authority. He says, speaking, one speaking with authority. Matthew 8, there's a great storm taking place, and he's actually asleep in the bottom of the boat taking a nap, but he gets up and they get him up there, and he steals the storm just by speaking. And then he rebukes some demons right after that in chapter 8. A powerful Jesus. Somebody say, that's my king. That's my king. He rebukes some demons. They shudder at his name. They, they say, what do, you want to, what, what do you want with us? Let us alone. And then when they saw that wasn't going to happen, they said, well, would you please just, just put us in those pigs? So Jesus rebukes the demons and places them in the pigs, and they run off and they drown. You know the story. Chapter 9. We're back in chapter 8. They begged him to leave. The demons were subject to his authority. They said, leave us alone. Have you said that to Jesus lately? Have, has, he, has his spirit been bothering you lately? Has he been coming to you and talking to you and ministering to you, but you didn't want to fool with it that day? And maybe he said, not today, Lord. Leave me alone today. Don't raise your hand, but I guarantee we've all gone through times where when the Lord's presence was upon us trying to minister to us, we'd say, not right now. I want to do this or I want to do that. Chapter 9. Jesus healed a man. He said, rise and pick up your bed and walk. What confidence that was given everyone standing around that was with him. 
chapter 10, he says, Be afraid of me, not the world. Verse 28, Be afraid of me. The world can't do anything to you, but I can take you out. Be afraid of me. I'm the one that's going to say, yes, you go to heaven or no, you don't. Be afraid of me. Not the world. We get it backwards sometimes and we're scared of what people think or we're worried about what the world may think of us. Jesus has said, be afraid of me. I know you want to paint Jesus as a very tender and compassionate person. And He is. He's very powerful. He will punish those that don't fear Him. Don't be afraid of people, the Bible tells us. Don't be afraid of their faces. I can look out today at this congregation and see a lot of smiles. Nobody is intimidating me today. It's an awesome congregation. But I have preached before people before, and man, I had to turn and almost look at the wall because their faces scared me to death. I needed Buffy and Troy right then. The Bible says don't be afraid of their faces. Don't be afraid of their faces. Don't be afraid of the world. Be afraid of Jesus. Jesus said in chapter 10, 32, and 37 both, Jesus said, fear me. The Bible tells us God says to fear the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Somebody say amen. You need to fear God. Chapter 11, Jesus confronts even cities. He speaks to cities, speaking judgment. He's comparing them to Sodom and Gomorrah. What boldness this man, Jesus, had, this our Lord. When questioned by the Pharisees in chapter 12, why are you doing things on the Sabbath? Why are you healing on the Sabbath when He healed the man with the withered hand? Why are you doing this on the Sabbath? It's Sunday. You're not supposed to be doing it on the Sabbath. Jesus kindly looked at them and said, Don't you understand? I made the rule. I made the rule. Don't you understand? He didn't bother giving in to the Pharisees. Chapter 13 talks about hell and the separation. He has, he's going to have the authority to separate you from heaven or hell. We say, I don't like this side of Jesus. I don't, I, don't want to, I don't want to hear this. I don't want to hear how powerful He is. That sounds like a mean Jesus to me. I don't want to hear about that. Well, just pretend I'm not talking is all I can say because it's the Word of God. Chapter 14, verse 25, Jesus comes walking on the water, a powerful Jesus. Chapter 15, the, the, the disciples come to him and he, they, they ask him, a, it's a stupid question that says this. Oh, I shouldn't have said the word stupid because some of the kids are here said, hey, Pastor cannot say, oh, they're in the nursery? Good, I'm okay. Praise the Lord. I said that once, once and Ella, little Ella, okay, said, we need to pray for Pastor Gary. He used stupid word. Or he said stupid. They were acting silly. The disciples were acting silly. They came to Jesus and said, Don't you aren't you worried that the Pharisees are offended by what you're saying? What a crazy thing to say to Jesus. He wasn't worried about the Pharisees. He didn't care. He didn't care. Chapter 16, he told Peter, he said, Upon this rock I'm going to build my church, and the gates of hell cannot prevail against it. He is going to have a church that he's proud of that he's coming back after and the gates of hell cannot do a thing about it. Somebody say amen. Praise God. And we are the church. So guess what? If we, are having, if we have that relationship with Jesus Christ like we presented earlier, the gates of hell cannot prevail against you. Somebody say, give the Lord a hand clap of praise. That's our king we're talking about. 
Chapter 19, he confronted the rich people again. He had a thing about confronting rich people. He even went so far as to say, you know what? It's going to be easier for a camel to go through an eye of a needle than a rich man to enter heaven. Because rich people are so concerned with their money. Amen. There's some, though, that in this, in this congregation that are learning, hey, it's better just to turn loose that money and, and let the Lord bless me. And, and, they, and they get all these blessings just keep coming back to them. And we're seeing men hearing very, a lot of testimonies with that. Talks about a new world, a new heaven in, in chapter 19. In, verse, in chapter 20, then he really starts displaying his real power. Somebody say, it's a powerful Jesus we serve. He told the disciples, I'm getting ready to be delivered. They're going to crucify me. And they said, no, and they couldn't understand what was going on. But we're talking now, this is real strength. This is real power. He said, I'm going to let them take me and crucify me. That's why I'm here. And he was telling them, I'm strong enough to take this. I'm strong enough to let them beat me. I'm strong enough to let them spit on me. I'm strong enough to let them mock me. I'm strong enough to let them place the crown of thorns on my head. I'm strong enough to lay down and let them nail my hands to a cross and my feet to a cross. I'm strong enough to take it. That's a powerful Jesus I'm talking about this morning. Hallelujah. Yeah. Praise God. Chapter 21, he, he goes into the temple and he chases out the money changers. He's bold. He's powerful. Turns over the tables. Man, they were running a scam in there selling animals for sacrifice. He chases them out. Chapter 21, 42 and 44, he says, I'm the cornerstone. They that try to overtake me, he says this, I will crush them. Let me just tell you right now, if you try to overtake me, Buffy and Troy are going to crush you. I'm telling you. And that's why I keep my relationship strong with them. Amen. But Jesus said, I will crush them that come after me, that try to come against me. It's like a stone. Like Have you just dropped a plate or something on a rock or dropped something that was breakable and it just shatters? That's what it was like. Just, I'm going to be a stone and I will crush whatever comes against me. Chapter 22 and 23, he uses the word, Woe to you! To the Pharisees, 23 and 25, he calls them hypocrites. He says, you look good on the outside, but on the inside you're dead. You put on a good show. And this morning, all over, all over America today, people are gathered together like we are today. And they put on a good show that they're a Christian on Easter Sunday morning. But as soon as Easter is over, on Monday morning, they go back to their old habits and Jesus is the furthest thing from their mind. Come on. You know I'm telling the truth. But I want to say this. I believe this congregation that is assembled this morning, they love Jesus. I can tell it by the way that you responded at the, the little clip that we showed. I can tell by the way you responded in praise and worship. I can tell by the way you responded in the communion. We love Jesus Christ. Amen. Praise God. Chapter 24. Says the Lord is coming. Get ready. You don't know when He's coming. Chapter 50, 24 and 50, He says, Jesus is I'm coming back. He said, I'm coming for you. Stay ready. Stay looking. For Sarah last Sunday afternoon, that was her home going. We never know when we're going home. 
We never know when the rapture is going to take place. It could take place today before we leave this service. Somebody say amen. Thessalonians says, in a twinkling of an eye, we're going to be changed. We're going to be caught up together. If you don't believe in the rapture, I'm sorry about it. You can hang out down here and explain why you don't believe in it. Because I'm going to be gone. Somebody say amen. When the trumpet sounds, I'm shooting past the stars, the moon, and whatever else is up there. I'm going past. Hey, did y'all see the news this week? They have discovered a new planet. Did y'all hear that? Anybody see that? And the Bible tells us, look in, the, look in my word for signs. And look in the sky for signs. Amen. They're all around us. Jesus is coming soon. I believe that with my whole heart. He's coming back. Oh, man, what a day that's going to be. What a day that's going to be. Chapter 25, he talks in parables about his return. You know, what? wouldn't it be great to be serving God when He returns? Teaching a class, serving a dinner, vacuuming the church floor, driving a church van. Man, if you're not ready, I'm going to tell you right now, if you're on John's van, he's going to heaven. Kathy's going to heaven. You better learn how to drive real quick if, you're not going to, if you don't have Jesus in your heart. You're going to have to jump up there in the driver's seat. Somebody say amen. What do you think, John? Amen. Praise God. Now John looked good. Stand up over John. Look at that tie. He just looks like, man, he just like a, I don't know. He just, he told me, he said, look at this tie. Look at this tie. He said, he said, period. His, his, his sister and brother-in-law brought, brought it back from Italy. Italy. He told me, he said, look on the back. What's it say? I said, it doesn't say Italy. It says Ilsley. <laughs> Payback's coming. <laughs> Praise God. Amen. Glory to God. Hey, I know Troy and Buffy. You better watch out. Don't come back up with me, man. Amen. Chapter 25, verse 31. Praise God. He says, when I come back, I'll be leading a mighty army. Not a, not a, not a wimpy Jesus, man. Not a weak, weak Jesus. He's a mighty warrior coming back, leading an army. Praise God. And if you die before rapture takes place, we're going to be a part of that army coming back with him. Hallelujah! Sarah will be beating a drum at the front of the line when they're coming. But I'll tell you what. Amen. Praise God. Chapter 26, he starts talking about, hey, I'm getting ready to be betrayed. But he says, after, he says, I'm getting ready to be, somebody's going to betray me, but they're going to learn not to cross me what he says don't betray Jesus don't don't sell him out don't cross him he, you need to fear him I said you need to fear him somebody say amen chapter 26 and 53 he had all kinds of resources he says man I can call 10,000 angels at any time Peter gets all anxious and cuts off the ear of a soldier Verse 67 of chapter 26. He allowed them to spit on him, beat him, and even blindfold him and make fun of him. He said, who hit you? Chapter 27, verse 29, talks about him putting a crown of thorns on him. Chapter 27 and 40, mocking him. How strong is Jesus? You might ask that this morning. He's powerful. He did all of that for you and me. He said these words to them. Go ahead. Kill me. 
but I'm coming back in three days. That's what he said. And he did. And he did. Amen. Mary, when they were on the way to the tomb to see Jesus on that resurrection morning, angels was there and said, hey, he's not here. He's not here. So they ran to tell the disciples in chapter 28, verse 9. So they run into Jesus. And this powerful Jesus, the one that just marched into hell and got the keys of death, hell, and grave, that powerful Jesus we've been talking about meets Mary on the path and says this. Ah. Greetings. This powerful Jesus just salutes them and greets them. 28 and 18. He tells his disciples and he's telling us. Now go tell the people who I am, what I'm about. Go tell the people I'm coming back. Go tell the people who I, how powerful I really am. Go make disciples. Go tell them how to have a relationship with me. Teach them to obey everything I have commanded you to do. Can I tell you this morning, I am not here to tickle your ears, to get you to come back, to continue to build and grow this church. I am here to tell you, I want you to go out those doors today and do as He commanded us to do and to tell people about Him. And when we do that, we can come back together and we will be a powerful church together. Somebody say amen. Hallelujah. And the bottom line this morning is this. You may not like Jesus painted like this, powerful, that we should fear. I'm just going to tell you like this. Take it up with God. God has a way of doing things His own way. Somebody say amen. You may have a better way. Hey, God has a universe. You don't. I trust God. I don't know about I'm trusting God. He made the universe. There is no better way. He gave Jesus as a supreme sacrifice. Amen. That we might not have to die and go to hell, that we have a future and eternity in heaven. Go back to Revelations 1, 17 and 18. One more time. Candace, come on to the keyboards if you would. Hallelujah. Revelation 17, 1, 17 and 18. I mean, 1, 17 and 18. And when I saw him, now listen to me. Let's back up a little bit. Let me, let me back up. John was on the Isle of Patmos. He saw a vision. Let me read just a little bit. He said, I turned to see a voice that was spake with me. And being turned, this was Jesus that was showing himself to John. I saw seven golden candlesticks, and in the midst of the seven candlesticks, one likened to the Son of Man, clothed with a garment down to the foot, girt about with the paps with a golden girdle. His head and his hairs were white like wool, as white as snow, and his eyes were as a flame of fire, and his feet likened to fine brass, and if they burned in a furnace, and his voice the sound of many waters, and then had in his right hand seven stars, and out of his mouth went a sharp two-edged sword, 
and his countenance was as the sun shineth in strength. John said, When I saw him, I fell at his feet as dead, and he laid his right hand upon me, saying unto me, This is the Jesus that said, Fear me. He's now telling John, he says, What? Fear not. I am the first and the last. I am he that liveth and was dead, and behold, I am alive forevermore. Amen. And have the keys of hell and of death. Can I tell you this morning, the same Jesus that we have to fear, if you have a relationship with Him, He's looking at you and He's saying this to you, fear not. But if you don't know Jesus, you better fear. You better fear this morning. Stand to your feet this morning. Amen. Lord, we love you, Jesus. hope this morning you view Jesus a little different, that He is powerful. The passion of Christ did a great job portraying the suffering that He went through. I don't know of any film that portrays it any better. What they didn't do, though, they did not portray the resurrection good enough. You hear me this morning? They should have spent a little bit more time on the resurrection. My God is not on the cross anymore. Jesus is off the cross. He is alive forevermore. He came out of the tomb. He lives. He lives. He lives. Thank God He lives. Alive forevermore. Hallelujah. Every head bowed and every eye closed in this place this morning. Some of you may have made a trip to the altar at one time or another in your life. Said a sinner's prayer possibly. But you still don't have a relationship with Christ as we've been talking about. If you're in this place today and you do not know Jesus Christ and you want a relationship with Him, would you just slip your hand up and say, That's me. I want to have a relationship with Jesus. Amen. Yes, God sees it. Yes. Yes. Hallelujah. Anyone else? Just raise your hand and we're going to pray for you. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Lord, we praise you. 